Welcome back to That's the Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Gallegos, and I'm excited to share with you today's guest. It was truly a blessing to be able to get them on the podcast and speak with them directly on the topic of leadership. I'm honored to have such amazing guests on the podcast every month and have them available to you, willing to provide experience and wisdom that we can glean from. So just before I present our special guest today, let me remind you, our goal together is to get one step closer and further along in becoming who God has intended us to be one step at a time so we can be effective and make an impact in every area of our life. Thank you so much. If you have subscribed or shared the podcast on social media, I really appreciate the support. It truly means the world to me and it helps make the podcast accessible for others. We want to encourage and inspire others with each and every episode. If you are new with us, we post a new episode bi-weekly, a teaching the first Friday of every month, followed by a guest episode. And today I'm excited to bring to you a very insightful conversation. I had the opportunity to speak with Pastor Ryan Franklin about coaching, leadership, and practical steps we can take to become highly effective leaders. We got to go deeper into the webbing of the incredible resource he's made available for free, the Christian Leader Blueprint. You can download it at no cost to you from his website for everyone who is interested in expanding their leadership capacity. It's for everyone who is interested in taking their leadership ministry calling, vocational calling to the next level. Ryan Franklin leads a highly successful and sought after executive leadership coaching business. He is a graduate of the Townsend Institute of Leadership Coaching. He, is, he has a master's of arts in Christian ministries with a focus on pastoral counseling. He is also the assistant pastor at the Pentecostals of Alexandria. You can visit his website and download the Christian Leader Blueprint. You can also subscribe to his podcast, The Christian Leader Made Simple, as well as his YouTube channel. You'll be able to find all of the links in the description below. So I'm excited to get right into it. And it's a pleasure to bring to you the conversation I had with Ryan Franklin. Well, hey, Ryan, thank you for being on the podcast and thank you for taking time to speak with us today about leadership. And we're, we've been looking forward to having you on and we're very excited about it. And thank you for taking time, like I said, and welcome to That's the Truth podcast. Thanks, Jay. It's an honor to be here with you. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, it means a lot to us, and uh, we're very excited about having you on, like I said, uh, simply because uh, your background has a lot to do with leadership. You put together a phenomenal uh, resource for leaders and from your personal experience, and that being the Christian Leader Blueprint, and we're very excited about that. Uh, I've read through it myself, and it's helped me a lot, and we want to get into that. We want to get into some of the structure of it. We want to... Um, receive as much help as possible. And there's some questions that came to mind in, in regards to leadership. And on the podcast, as we were discussing a little bit here in the, the pre-recording, leadership is not necessarily the identity of our podcast here, but it's something that is very essential, something we refer to quite a bit. And it's something that is definitely a need. And I'm always looking to improve. And that's something that I've become very passionate about because in the early stages of ministry, I've learned and I've realized that it, it definitely was a need. I had a lot more questions than I had answers. And um, I reached out to everybody that I could to, to expand on that knowledge. And, and it is a privilege and an honor to have you on today 
to provide some knowledge, experience, and value so we can expand and grow in our leadership. Absolutely. I'm, I'm honored to be here. And that's a subject that we can't avoid. Uh, so it's worth, I know it's not the primary focus of your, of your podcast, but it's worth uh, dabbling in occasionally because it's, if, you're a church, if you're a church leader of any kind, you can't avoid the subject of leadership. So I'm excited to, to dive into it with you. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that is necessary. The majority of our audience is probably somewhere in youth ministry, somewhere in worship leading, somewhere within the church, Mm -hmm. and somewhere within the organization leading from the middle. And there's a lot of questions that come from the middle. But before we get into the Christian Leader Blueprint and some of the resources that you had to offer with the coaching uh, I kind of wanted to hear a little bit more about you and uh, a little bit about where your faith journey began, because you have quite a bit of experience from full-time ministry and as an assistant pastor in the Pentecostals of Alexandria. And where did your faith journey mm-hmm. begin? And, and where did you discover that maybe leadership was something that you were going to be involved in? Well, I was originally born into the church at POA. Uh, my parents attended, and, and I was born into the church. But at, at the age of four, my parents divorced. And at the age of 13, my I started coming back to the church with my older brother and uh, just tagging along with him. And at a, after a moving message uh, from Pastor Anthony Mangan at the time, uh, now bishop, uh, I found myself crying at an altar um, crying out to Jesus, and he filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then Brother Terry Shock, who was my youth pastor at the time, or became my youth pastor, uh, baptized me one Tuesday night shortly after. And uh, so I, I started a connection with, with Brother Terry Shock. And when I was 15 years old, he started sharing his John Maxwell tape club, leadership tape club with me. And uh, from that point on, I was hooked on studying leadership, and I've and I've probably since then I've I, I've steadily read on leadership and studied leadership and um, in different ways tried to consume leadership material, but I knew I had a burning desire to influence people in many ways for the kingdom of God. It was just a competitive nature about about me, you know that 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 I just, um, I wanted to figure out how to influence people to a greater degree. And, uh, and, and I do have to say this, Jay, my leadership journey started, um, by washing my youth pastor's car, uh, by coming up after school and, and hanging ceiling tile in a Sunday school classroom, um, doing the servanthood type things that I knew were necessary to, uh, to move a ministry along, um, that's that's really probably what what allowed Brother Terry Shock to uh, take an interest in me and begin to share those things with me, and and uh, and it was the relationship that we built as we did those things even together. Um, so that's that's kind of my origin of leadership. What a fantastic way to start with John C. Maxwell. Doctor Maxwell has phenomenal. Uh, leadership experience and all the resources and who doesn't know Dr. Maxwell. And to be honest with you, 
one of the things that got me started in leadership was his 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. And when I was introduced to that, my mind was just blown away. And to be quite honest with you, my leadership journey began a little bit uh, late, I would say, because of the exposure that I had to it. I had no idea that leadership also existed, or at least it was referred to in a corporate setting or maybe in a professional setting outside of a church world. Uh, because I was introduced to leadership in the church world, but what a way, what a fantastic way to start. And I'm interested a little bit of where the transition became to where you're absorbing the knowledge uh, of resources around you and that transition into inspiring others and providing that, that, the coaching and leadership and sharing what you have learned when your experiences for others, where did that vision begin and the, the inspiration to maximize uh, the abilities of other leaders and uh, inspire them to grow. Yeah. Um, you know, Jay, I've, since I was 16 years old, I've held some kind of leadership position, you know, starting, starting with uh, our altar workers at the age of 16. Um, I, I was in charge of, of, uh, making sure guests had Bible studies and, and altar working and, and things of that nature. So I've, 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 uh, I've held a position of some sort since I was 16 years old. I'm 43 now. Eight years ago, uh, when Brother Terry Shock uh, left POA, and I found myself leading in a, in a, in a capacity, an enormous role, uh, I didn't take on all of his all of his jobs, but I took on uh, quite a bit, and I found myself leading in a in an enormous role that I really didn't have the capacity for, that I wasn't prepared for. Because at this point, I was not just leading a ministry; I was leading a bunch of leaders that were leading ministries, and so no pressure, right? No pressure at all. I was quite overwhelmed, and you know began to pray and seek God for, for answers with that. And to, to make a long story short, I ended up uh, just, as I was seeking those answers, I ended up hiring, and, and there's a God story even in this, but I, I won't take the time to, to, to tell it, but I ended up hiring a very expensive uh, executive coach for one year. It was uh, the most money I've ever spent on anything like that and on, on any growth oriented thing other than my college. And, uh, but it, it literally changed my life. And I knew I had to do, I, I knew at the end of that year that I had to do what he did for me. I had to do it for other leaders. And, um, and so I asked him at the, in one of our last sessions, you know, what, what can I do to learn what you're doing? Do I need to go back and get a doctorate degree? What, what do I need to do? And so uh, he agreed to mentor me. And in fact, the first, first thing he said was, Ryan, I've been, I've been thinking and praying on this, and I've never done this before, but I want to mentor you in how to do this. And I was like, I, I, I appreciate it, your, your willingness, Dr. Epperson, but I can't afford your prices anymore. <laughs> And, uh, and he said, no, uh, he said, no, I, I'm going to do this for free. So even to this day, um, uh, I guess it's been about five years now, 
even to this day, I meet with him at least once a month, sometimes twice a month, and I and I haven't paid him a dime since he started mentoring me. Um, but I, I went to to school. I went to Townsend Institute to uh, learn executive coaching, also with his mentoring and guidance. The combination of those two things has has uh, kind of steered me in this direction, and and I just love helping leaders. I love diving in, into a leader's life and helping them bring out the best within them. What a phenomenal story. I love that. Where have you seen maybe the greatest return or what would you consider to be the greatest return for a leader for him to offer that to you completely, offer that to you at no cost and have access to him at that level? What would you consider maybe in general for a leader? What is the greatest return for a leader in your opinion? Probably, probably fruit. What, what fruit is the tree producing? And if I'm going to invest in someone, um, I, I want to see fruit. And so I would say in his case as well, um, you know, the success that I would have and the fruit that I would produce in, in, in helping Christian leaders and pastors and church leaders, um, I, I would say that that would be the greatest re- reward by far. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. I don't think there, me personally, I don't think there brings a greater joy than to see someone grow and to see someone be effective. And Mm -hmm. speaking of effective leadership, I think that should be or is on the forefront of our mind for the most part. We want to be effective. We want to be able to be led by God, but we also want to be able to use the things, the practical uh, things and tools and resources that we know that can help us. So in some cases, leadership does get complicated. You're dealing with people, you're dealing with learning, you're dealing with growing, you're dealing with a lot of different types of challenges, characters, and uh, everybody starts in a different place. And do you think that we make leadership complicated in some cases and, or does leadership really get that complicated at times? Uh, I would say yes. And yes, <laughs> both. <laughs> we uh, it, it we do make it more complicated than it should be at times, and it is complicated at times. Um, and so, w- with that, it's it's super important that we would that we would make sure that we um, uh, eliminate that we don't make it even more complicated on ourselves, and we grow and we prepare ourselves in ways that that would lessen the complication as much as possible. But the fact of the matter is, is, is dealing with people. And that's, that's what leadership is, is influence. It's dealing with people. You're, uh, it's always going to be complicated. It's going to be a, there's going to be a, a, a level of stress and frustration and, you know, even, even some positive things, but also even some negative things as well. That's, that's always going to be, but the more we prepare ourselves to grow and, um, and eliminate the things that would cause us, the, the, the hindrances that would cause us to stumble or, or, or cause us to be abrasive with relationships, the better off we're going to be. Yeah, and as I was thinking about effective leadership and I was going through the Christian Leader Blueprint that can be received in your inbox and people can access it through, through email, through your website, and we'll share some of the links 
towards the end and what we'll make that available to people in the description where they can get it in their inbox. And, and, and it's going to be a, a game changer for a lot of people because some of the things that you provide in the Christian leader blueprint are very, very practical, very helpful, but it opens your mind to so many different things. And because people are in different places, they start in different levels and they're leading from different roles. It's going to, I think, really help a lot of our leadership uh, grow in a different way, especially here at the beginning of this year. And one of the things that I was thinking about when it comes to effective leadership and this may be a question that you can relate to. This may be a question that a lot of other leaders may have. And that's simply, am I moving the needle? And you strive mm-hmm. and you make efforts and, you, and you, you're, you're shooting for the goal. And at times it could get frustrating. It could get heavy. And have you ever made that question to yourself? And how do we overcome that? Have, am I even making a difference or are we moving the needle as a team? Yeah, and, I, and I'm not sure I fully understand your question, but let me just speak to, to what's on my mind a little bit. Um, you know, with effective leadership, we want to produce healthy fruit, as I mentioned. That's, that's uh, whether, if it's in a church, obviously, you know, to, to produce disciples of Christ, that's our ultimate goal, and we want to, we want to produce healthy uh, disciples of Christ. Um, so, moving the needle would would look differently depending on what context we're in. But I think the most important aspect of that would be, are we moving the needle and are we producing a thriving culture? Because we can move the needle, we can run over people and move the needle, but are we moving the needle and supporting people and loving people and creating that healthy culture within Within an organization, within a church that would be that would be uh, productive and enjoyable, that's really something that uh, I've run into a lot with with people that I coach. They may be they may even be an effective leader, but they're not enjoying leadership because of various abrasive things that may be in their leadership or the way that they're handling things or having to deal with things or not understanding really how to effectively deal with it and be able to to produce, produce good results and have a thriving culture. Yeah, that's interesting. In your opinion, what would be some of the things that kind of work against leadership and maybe some of those reasons why someone may be in leadership, but not necessarily enjoying it. It's more of a, more of a frustration than it is a fulfillment and enjoyment and serving, answering the call. Yeah. I would say the very things that the blueprint covers are are the things that that would answer your question. And I would say the most obvious ones, the most obvious things would be rhythm of life. It would be overextending yourself, uh, no routines, no rhythm, no vision, maybe a deficiency in certain parts of your uh, of your character. Those are the more obvious things. Those are the things that, that are going to be visible to you and, and, and especially vis- visible to people around you. You're probably going to be aware that you don't have good routines or you don't have good rhythm. Um, so, But there's also other things that would be uh, sort of under the surface that m- most people don't even think about, and that would be you know things like not understanding your your emotional makeup, like a low a low emotional intelligence, or um, or a having blind spots, which obviously 
the very definition of a blind spot would be it's it's blind to you, but it's leadership risk. It's things that derail our leadership. It's things that are abrasive to relationships, and we don't even a lot of times realize that we're doing them. But other people around you uh, would see that and know that, and then. Um, you know, not things like not knowing your calling, not knowing what your true calling is. You're seeking a position, yet you may not be qualified. It may not be in your wheelhouse to 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 uh, to actively engage in a healthy way in that position. Um, not knowing your gifts that's that's something that could could uh, that would would naturally work against us. Um, not being able to effectively delegate. Uh, that's a huge part of part of leadership. Conflict resolution is another thing. Um, not helping others develop, not uh, maybe holding others around you back um, for insecure reasons or, or things of that nature. And then uh, then you can move on to things like social intelligence and your awareness of people and self regulation, um, having empathy and or not having empathy and and not knowing you know, how to relationally fill people up and how to get your relational nutrients that you need for your life, um, not having support around you. And I would say probably one of the biggest things in all of this would be trying to lead in a solo manner, not having a support team around you. There, I cannot tell you how many. It's a very, I, I don't know the percentage, but I would say it's a good 85% of the people that I coach when, when we start, a lot of times they're lonely. They're surrounded by people. They have church staff. They have, they have, church, uh, they have church members all around them helping them. They, have, you know, they, they meet with them at events. They talk with them to get things done. But personally connecting with people, they're lonely. And so trying to do, trying to do this solo is, is, a, is a very good way of of uh, working against your ability to have effective relationship. So there's a lot more, but that's, that's a, that's a little bit. Uh, I would say that's a lot to unpack and there's a lot there and everybody can find it in detail and very easy to read, very applicable uh, when they download the Christian leader blueprint. And I would recommend all of our listeners to go and find that right now and just we'll click on the link and they can submit their email and they can receive it in their um, inbox. So let's unpack that a little bit. I'd like to kind of touch on rhythm. But before we do, there's something that you mentioned that I found very, very interesting that I'd like to touch on before we move on. And that's simply the person that is maybe trying to find themselves in a position or in a role that doesn't suit their strengths. What would you tell that person that is struggling to find themselves in, in a specific role, but you see from the outside in as an experienced leader, as a pastor, or as someone that is experienced in leadership, and you see the downslide, you see the, the, the downfall on the back end, and you see some of the pitfalls they can fall into. What would you tell that person to say, hey, look, you know what, you, this is your strengths, and this is not, this may not be a suitable role for you. How would you go about that? Yeah, I would say the hardest part in 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 that is coming to the realization of what your strengths truly are. 
a lot of people know on the surface, you know, I'm kind of good at this or I'm kind of good at that. I've always been, personally, I've always been good at, at structure and organization and things of that nature. Um, but to really confirm and really zero in on the fact that I am good at this and I'm not good at this is, is challenging. And sometimes it takes... Uh, you know, a lot of times we can we can take assessments that will help us in in that way. Some are good, some are not so good. Um, but a lot of times it takes somebody diving into your life and really helping you understand that about yourself. Um, not always, but uh, y- you know, a, a more organic way of doing that of of learning about that would be. Um, Probably having conversations with people around you, your spouse, your uh, your closest friends, the people that you lead. What am I good at? Because you know, if I if I end up in a position that is that is not uh, that is not in my wheelhouse, it's can I do it? I probably I probably can do something that's not in my wheelhouse. But is it going to be energy draining? Absolutely, it's going to drain. It's going to suck the life out of you. And you're going to spend all of your time and all of your energy doing something that you are not gifted in. Yet the things that I am gifted in, boy, they just come so much easier. They flow. It's not much. It's not near as much energy. So if I do the things that I'm good at, I'm going to thrive. If I do the things that I'm not gifted in, that I that are not my strengths, that that is going to really make it make it difficult for me to have a good rhythm of life and, and to, and to, um, be able to effectively, uh, move through my week, you know, move through my day, my week and my year with, with effectiveness and with enjoyment. And I'm pretty sure that comes with some emotional intelligence also, and just simply being secure in yourself and recognizing, Hey, look, I'm going to be real with myself. I'm going to let go of this because it's not, where I fit. And instead of fighting yeah. against it, you move on from there and you'll be surprised, at least from my view, from my position and my experience, I've seen people fight against that and just simply beat their head against the current and simply push back and push back and yeah. strive with it. And it makes it difficult to help someone like that. That's right. You, you know, just to give a, just to give an example of this, I have, uh, for many, many years, I thought, in my future was going to be senior pastor. I would be a senior pastor at some point. Now, that was sort of the goal in my head, positional, not, not even looking at, at my strengths. I, I knew I had a high leadership energy. I knew I had a high competitiveness. I knew I wanted to, you know, I had something in me that wanted to take charge in, in things. Yet, I'm an introvert. And, you know, so getting in front of people every week, multiple times in a week, is can be challenging with me. Yeah. Not only that, my greatest gifting is structure and organization. And when I realized that, my, my two greatest gifts is structure and organization and leadership energy. Jay, I make the perfect C, COO, not CEO. I make the perfect assistant pastor. Because I love to take charge, I love to lead. I, I love to I love to lead ministries. I love to lead things. Yet, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna be the guy to get things done behind the scenes. And so, 
could I go be a senior pastor? 100%. But am I utilizing my greatest gifts in that, in that, in that type of role? Probably not. It's going to be an energy drain. I'm going to, I'm going to have to force myself to, to do things that, are, that is, that is a, a little bit resistant uh, to me over and over again in, in, in a week's time. Now, I can do that occasionally, and I have to do that occasionally as an assistant pastor. You know, routinely, I have to, I have to do things that are extroverted uh, things and, and things that, that a senior pastor would have to do. Occasionally, I have to do those things, but not all the time. So they don't drain me all the time. They drain me occasionally, but not all the time, and I'm able to, to function within the gifts that, that God gave me. I can definitely relate to everything that you just said, because that almost describes a lot of my personal or my personality to the T. And you would probably agree when I say that the more that you're in public around the larger group of people, the more drained you're probably going to be. And the more time you spend one-on-one with people, the more drained you're going to be afterwards. And I think that just comes, it comes with the territory of being an introvert. Is that, is that right? Absolutely. Um, you know, the being in a crowd, being in socially social settings, obviously is something that I have to do. It does just because I'm an introvert doesn't excuse me from being with people and even a crowd of people. I need to be able to do that. But if that is my primary job and I'm having to do do those types of things, those extroverted activities all the time, it just it it is it is such an energy drain on me. Um, that it's that it's it's not healthy for me. It it will suck the life out of out of me and create a negative rhythm of life. I love that. That's that's very profound and and is very real. And thank you for being transparent with that and just simply recognizing where your strengths are. I'm sure that has helped you be a lot more effective and able to reach out to so many more people. So when we're talking about rhythm of life, there's something that I thought was very interesting and it's something that. I wanted to ask you about, and that's simply, how can we establish a better rhythm of work-life balance and not feel guilty that we're not working hard enough? And this, that question simply just comes from the nature of our culture nowadays, where especially within the ages of maybe 30 to 40, those are probably the grind years, whether you're in college or you're in trying to reach some type of career, trying to establish some type of business or trying to expand your family simply that that's a lot of work and effort but we're typically around a culture where you're striving for more you're encouraged to reach more set the goals reach the goals maximize everything and we're stretched thin in some cases but how do we establish that rhythm of work-life balance and not feel guilty that we're maybe taking too much time off or not working hard enough yeah i would say that most church leaders have the problem of of working too much, not work, not the other way around. Now, if you're sitting on the couch and playing video games all the time, you know there's a problem with that, and 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 you're going to have to work through that. But most most church leaders and most people um, have a problem of working too much. And work life balance, uh, the definition of that is is that it's a state of equilibrium between the demands of a person's work and the demands of a person's personal life. And so there's, there's sort of a, a, a balance between work and, and, and general life. And, um, and I think it's really important 
to start off by understanding where does that guilt come from? For me, um, just a few years ago, actually, uh, when I was grieving my grandfather's death, uh, my grandfather passed away just a few years, right at the beginning of COVID, actually. Um, All of my life, he told me, he would sit me down and, and he had two recliners sitting side by side and he'd sit me down in the recliner and he'd say, Ryan, I want to talk to you. And Ryan... Uh, he he would he would tell me different things, but he he would always circle back around to this work thing, and he would say, "Ryan, if you do not work hard, you're never going to amount to anything." And so I heard that all of my life, and and so guess what I did, Jay? I worked hard. I worked super hard. I, I worked at the expense of my family at times. My my wife got the brunt end of that. My kids. Uh, in these in these last number of years, got the brunt end of that, and uh, and you know I, I would work myself to a place where it was unhealthy, where it was where I was stressed, where I had no rest, I had no margin in my in my life, and uh, Dr. James Dobson uh, said said this about marriages, but I would say uh, would be about relationships in general. Uh, especially leadership relationships, um, the number one marriage killer or relationship killer is busyness and overcommitment. And if we can't get a handle on that work-life balance, it's going to kill our influence as a leader. It's going to kill our influence with our family, first of all, our wives, uh, husbands, if you're, if you're a wife, uh, it will kill. The, it will kill. It will erode. Not necessarily kill it, but it'll, it'll erode those relationships, and and strain them to a place that is that is not healthy. Uh, sometimes ministers lose their kids as they age and get older because of this unhealthy work life balance, and they don't spend time with them, and they don't, um, you know, nurture those relationships in a in a in a in a great way. You know, God calls us. To be to be good stewards of our resources of of our time and our energy, and he wants us to be obedient to the leading of his word, to the to the leading of his spirit, instead of overly ambitious. He wants us to be committed to his cause, instead of being overly com- competitive. We can't let those unhealthy ways about us, the competitive nature, the 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 uh, you know my grandfather meant well by saying that, but the way that I took that in was was an in, was in an, uh, an unhealthy way, and we can't let those unhealthy parts of us kill the relational influence that we have with people in our churches, with people in our homes, and things of that nature. It makes work life balance such a huge, such an important thing in our life. And there's so much there that we could actually unpack and we can spend the entire time focusing on the rhythmic of ministry and leadership and life because I've seen such a need there. And I think it also changes with culture. It changes with the way that generations change and evolve. I think that work-life balance looks different now, for example, a millennial or maybe even Gen Z than it did for the baby boomers. Like for your example, your grandfather... His 
view of a, a rhythmic and work-life balance looks different completely to maybe a millennial like myself. And I, I can definitely right. relate to that. And there's, there's quite a lot there, but I also want to touch on some of the other things that you share in the Christian leader blueprint, because I think it's so helpful. But as we move on to some of these things, what could you tell someone that is currently in that position right now where they recognize that they are out of balance? They know that something's wrong. They want to make the proper adjustments, but they don't know where to start because they're just so used to that rhythm that it's difficult to do something outside of that. What can we do to help them? I think half the battle, Jay, is awareness. And so evaluate yourself through the lens of four things, work, rest, play, and worship. Now, work is, it could be your secular job, but it's also your ministry job. So you have to combine both of those if you're a bivocational uh, minister. So work, rest, play, and worship. Now, I'm not going to have equal amounts of those things. Work is going to always trump every one of those in the amount of time that we spend in that. But I better have a, a reasonable component of rest. You know, uh, rest would be uh, non-work things that we, that we may would do, like sleep and just margin in our schedule to, to just breathe a little bit. Play, um, y- y- you know, to, to do things that, are, that are, uh, may require a little bit of energy, but they're just fun. You know, those are important things. And then obviously worship is, uh, that's last, but probably most important would be worship. And that's your devotion, your prayer time, um, spiritual things of that nature. But to have a balance of work, rest, play, and worship. And I would say where you would start with that, Jay, is just evaluate yourself through the lens of those four things. Where am I, where am I at? What kind of negative things are coming to the surface in the middle of that? You know, am I overly stressed? What's my stress level? Am I on a, you know, rate yourself on a, on a scale from zero to, to 10, 10 being the highest of stress. Where am I at on that scale? If you're, if you're bumping eight, nine, 10, there's a problem. You know, what are my emotions like? Are they, are they out of whack? You know, do I, do I find myself uh, going off on my family or my kids with anger uh, way too often, though that may happen occasionally, you know, just, just because I'm human? Is it happening all the time? Because if it is, I may need to consider the fact that my, that my rhythm of life is, is out of balance. And, uh, and so evaluate yourself. Think through the lens of those four things, work, rest, play, and worship, and give yourself permission to just start somewhere. What do I need to do today? What's a small step? If, if I have no, no play and very little rest, what's one thing I can do this week to add a little bit of play in my life? You know, if, if you don't have a devotion with the Lord, I would start there. That's your most important, and, and you need to get that in, in, into a, a healthy rhythm. But most of the time, people are okay, especially ministers, they're okay with work and they're okay with worship. It's the rest and play. And what do I need to do today to insert a little bit of that 
in my life. Give yourself permission to start this week. It's okay to play. It's okay to rest. It's okay to get an adequate seven to eight hours of sleep at night. Uh, you're not wasting time. You need your rest. In fact, you're, you're, you're most productive when you do get that rest. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And that's very, very helpful because from my experience, I, I've noticed that when I'm more rested, I, I tend to be more effective. I tend to, the better side of me just naturally comes out. And that took me yeah. some time to learn. If I could be just a little bit transparent with that, it, it took me some time to really narrow that down and kind of identify that and say, hey, look, you're working too many hours. You're doing too much. You're trying to overextend. And I had to, to kind of take take a step back and find that median. But the, I think the most important part there from that experience and that learning curve was the fact that I could recognize it. And then now a little bit more experienced, uh, a lot more seasoned now here at 37, I can look back and see and honestly say, okay, well, something's off. Now I can identify it quicker. I can address it, take some time off. And therefore I'm not hurting people around me. I'm not hurting my family and making those the same mistakes that I was when I was in my early twenties. So I, I think that's very, very helpful. And I, I think if people actually apply that, it's going to help them so much. And thank you for sharing that. What are some ways that we can navigate through difficult moments in leadership without hurting others in that process? If we're working things out within ourselves, for example, the, the, the emotional side of ourselves, identifying that, what are some of the ways that we can navigate that better without hurting others? I would say actually working through each of the principles of the blueprint. Um, you know, navigating through these difficult moments in leadership, uh, the more, the, the better rhythm of life that you have, obviously the, the, uh, the more you're, the better you're going to respond to people when you do have those difficult moments. Um, for instance, you mentioned rest or you mentioned sleep. Whenever we do have adequate sleep, and we're allowing ourselves to rest properly, guess what? I'm, when the heat is on and when the stress is high, I'm going to respond to Jay a lot better if I, if I have that rest than if I don't. The worst of me comes out when, when I'm tired and, 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 and stressed and my rhythm of life is off. The worst of me is going to come out. And so we can alleviate, though there's ways of even taking care of and, and growing the worst of us, you know, and, and, not, and, and, and working on those things underneath the surface, just the rhythm of life, just having good rhythm of life is going to curb that back greatly and not allow those, those things to, to come out. But there's, there's other things, you know, growing your character. Um, you know, that's a, that's a very important piece of, of being able to, uh, to bond to people correctly and have boundaries with people and, and accept reality and expand the capacity within us. That's all, that's all pieces of, of growing your character. Um, and then, you know, practicing emotional intelligence and, and the way that we, the way that we understand our emotions and the, and the things within us and, and, uh, the way that we respond and, and regulate ourselves with other people uh, based on, on our emotions. Those are things that are going to absolutely help navigate through those, uh, those difficult moments. Also, 
you know, a lot of a lot of those difficult moments when we're when we're responding to people in negative ways, a lot of times that comes out of insecurities within us. And so be a student of yourself and ask yourself, why why do I feel so insecure in this moment? You know, maybe maybe after the after the event is over and maybe you didn't handle it so well, look back on it and say, why why did I feel why did I do that? And why do I feel so insecure? Why did I feel so insecure in that moment? Yeah. And try to analyze that and figure that out. And, you know, it's difficult to do on your own. And that's why it's it's sometimes helpful to have a coach or or a mentor or a counselor in your life that can help work through some of those things. But uh, but it's important to be a student of yourself and and help uh, when you see something that's not when you see negative fruit that's not things that you want in your leadership and your ministry. Learn from that and and figure out why and grow and grow from that. It's really important. Yeah, that's so helpful. And that's something that I also wanted to touch on a little bit. And that's the coaching side of things, because early on, you mentioned that you were able to reach out to someone for help and you paid for the courses and therefore it opened up a door later to have a little bit of personal access and, and it was just downhill from there. Right. And it helped you so much. So I want to use a little bit of analogy with professional athletes, just simply because I love sports and I I follow sports not too closely, but I'm, I've been around it quite a bit, you know, my younger days, my early days in, in, in high school and going back to college and things like that. So, Professional athletes, they tend to require more specific coaching. The higher they go in level, the higher they go, the, the more they advance, the more technical it becomes with coaching. And I didn't realize that until I started, you know, looking into it a little closer. So would this idea also translate to leadership overall? And if so, what would that look like? And where can we start and say, hey, look, I need specific coaching for this area. And I can't just simply go off of the wisdom that God has gifted me? Yeah. Um, good question. And and let me just start off by saying this. There's a reason that Tiger Woods had a coach. As good as he was in golf, there's a reason that he hired somebody to coach him on his swing and very and, and various aspects of his of his of golf. Um because no matter how good you are at something, in fact, the better you get at something, the more high-level coaching that you need. Um, no matter how good you are at something, you can get better. And it often requires the relational help and, and, and even the, the professional and trained help of various people. Relationally, it could be a mentor in your life. But, but as you start zeroing in and, and, and wanting to improve um, the, 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 the finer details of, of, uh, of what you're doing, such as leadership, you know, it, it requires professional coaches. It requires, uh, sometimes it requires counselors. Um, there's other aspects that it, requir- that it could require. And let me tell you this, Jay, the, the business world has found this out and has grabbed hold of this. Um, Harvard Business Review says that the annual spending on coaching in the U.S. is roughly $1 billion. I'm telling you, the business world has learned 
that executive leaders, and I would say in our world, executive leaders would be, you know, pastors, uh, assistant pastors, ministry leaders. The the business world has learned that if they're going to do really well, they need executive coaches in their lives to to move the needle to a to a greater degree, and uh, and if they figured it out then, you know, that this is necessary, then I hope that the church world figures it out that this is necessary and it can really make a huge impact. And that's what, that's actually what has motivated me and is, and has uh, challenged me even. Um, I believe that we have churches all across the world, but especially across America, that are capped, they are limited by their senior leadership or by even even the next level of leadership. And if we can figure out ways to fine-tune and adjust our leadership ability and in, just increase the effectiveness uh, that, that we have with people or with our influence, then I believe that we can reach a lot more people and the cap can be removed off of our off of our churches in a greater way. Just simply by listening to some of the wisdom that you're sharing, that makes my mind go in so many different directions. There's so many more things that I would like to ask you, but I also want to be respectful of your time. And I'm so grateful and it's such an honor to to have you and have access to you like this and be providing a, a closer look at the Christian Leader Blueprint. So when it comes to developing others, I want to kind of touch on the strength of a leader a little bit. And that's simply the developing of other people. not everybody necessarily has that gift to work with people to develop them. They can give a lot of instructions, they can delegate a lot of things, but developing is a whole nother ballgame. So when it comes to developing others, what are some leadership fundamentals that should, that we should keep in the forefront of our mind when we're getting into that area? Great question. This is, this is the journey that I went on a number of years ago when I sought out the executive coach in my life and that brought me down this road. So, so I'm very familiar with, oh my goodness, what do I do? How do I, how do I, how do I develop all, all of these leaders? I'm all of a sudden over, and at POA obviously is a large church, I'm over tons of ministries and tons of high-level leaders. How do I develop these people? And so I, I'm very familiar with that feeling of, oh my goodness, what do I do? And I would say the number one the number one thing that you need to keep in mind would would be is you need a plan and you need intentionality with that plan. If you don't have a plan, then you're going to accidentally end up somewhere that is not where you want to be. And if you don't get intentional with it, it's not just going to happen. You have to be intentional with developing leaders. And, and I, and I, you know, we love discipleship. I love discipleship. I've written Bible studies that are that that have been published. It's, it's. Uh, I love discipleship, but a lot of churches, a lot of pastors, miss out on the fact that they have to develop leaders if they truly want their their small church to get bigger, or their medium sized church to to grow into an organizational sized church. They have to have some intentionality. Um, and, and then another aspect, the number two aspect would be purposeful relationships. Just because you're the leader doesn't mean people are going to follow you. You may have a position, 
but you better have a relationship with the people that are that are in your downline or they're, they may they may follow you because of the position to some degree, but they will haphazardly follow you. They will half-heartedly follow you. But if you truly want people to follow you and, and have a craving and a desire to, to grow as a leader, you better have a relationship with them. And I would say, do you mind if I just kind of give some steps on, on what I would recommend for people? Let's, let's say with, let's say with, uh, you know, you don't really know where to start. I would say first thing is, is you want to identify prospects. You want to identify some people that have leadership potential, um, that have the ability to, you know, that has something within them that you see that has that, that, that you would think would be leadership material. And then I would say, keep it simple. Gather them together and talk. Talk about your desire to create a plan and to be and to be intentional with leadership development. Just talk about it. And then you begin developing a plan together. And um, with the Christian Leader Blueprint, uh, that is a plan that you can use. And I recommend not coming to the table with the people that you've gathered, the prospects that you've gathered, gathered together, I recommend not coming to the table with a full 100% plan. I recommend coming to the table with maybe 60 or 70% of a plan and then let them develop it with you. So, for instance, with the Christian Leader Blueprint, I can bring this to the table with some prospects and I can say, hey, I think this is a great place for us to start. I want, I want to focus on leadership development um, let's talk about how we can start implementing some of these things in our life. Uh, what do you think? What do you guys think would be good to 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 do to so that we can get some intentionality and start creating a plan? Would it be uh, you know reading a book a month on one of each of these topics? Would it be uh, just getting together and reading the the dialogue under one of these topics and discussing it? Um, you know, creating that plan, letting them letting them have a portion and a buy-in to that plan would be significant in 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 creating a desire to continue to to work that plan. But then establish a routine time to meet. And if you don't meet regularly with these people, it's not going to happen. And I would say a minimum of once a month, you need to meet with with these prospects, with these people that you're wanting to develop. Uh, you can combine it with other things. You know, you if if you if you have a youth staff and and you don't have time to just do a meeting on leadership, well, combine it into your youth staff meeting. You know, discuss ha- have that as a as a segment of your of your routine meeting. But you have to get together and you have to talk about these things. And then I would encourage you talk content if it's related to the Christian Leader Blueprint or if it's related to a book that you chose from a topic of the Christian Leader Blueprint. Talk content, but go deeper with it. Don't just talk about delegation, but talk about the things that are keeping you from delegating properly. Talk about the the emotion behind those things. Talk about, go deeper than just providing content. Content is boring, but if you can provide, if you can go deeper with that and talk about the emotion behind it and what's 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 the barriers that's keeping us from doing this, talk real, be transparent with people. Um, that's really the things that are going to get people's interest and create that desire and that motivation to grow. 
And then as you see some very small successes within that, celebrate that growth process. Um, us productivity-driven people have trouble slowing down and celebrating progress. And so uh, be willing to point that out and, and celebrate progress as you go with, with individuals. The blueprint will give you a, a really good excuse to cover some of these topics. These are topics like emotional intelligence or rhythm of life. Rhythm of life, for instance, if, if I wanted to meet with Jay and I, and I recognize he had a terrible rhythm of life and, and I wanted to meet with you about it, I, I, maybe I'm your, your leader or whatever, uh, it's hard to just ask you and point out the fact that, Jay, you just have a terrible rhythm of, of life. But if I have a blueprint in front of me and we're talking about rhythm of life, chances are you're going to come to, you're going to say, man, I'm struggling here. And it's going to open doors for you to be able to talk talk about some of these things that you normally would not have uh, an open door to talk about. And that's why I love the way that you formatted the Christian Leader Blueprint and because it's so practical, it's very applicable. People can literally take the pages presented to their team and I would recommend in bite size even, like you said, Dig, dig a little deeper, go past surface level and really narrow down where those, those issues are and where you can expand and grow. But the way that you presented it is phenomenal. And I would recommend everybody that is listening to go and download it. And we can provide the links uh, in the description where people can find the Christian leader blueprint. But, but just before I let you go, I think I want to ask one more question if I could regarding relationships and not only just the relationships, but the social intelligence versus emotional intelligence. And how is social intelligence different from emotional intelligence? And how does that factor into an effective leader? Yeah, the, the social intelligence is actually a subset of emotional intelligence. That's, that's part of emotional intelligence. In fact, emotional intelligence is kind of a an overarching, even though it's a, it's part of the blueprint, it's an overarching topic of most everything in the blueprint. Um, but social intelligence is really, it's just the ability to understand and manage uh, uh, your reactions with, with your feelings, your thoughts, and the behaviors uh, of others. And really, it's, it's, it's knowing when and how to to talk or listen to people, and as well as sort of understanding the importance of of our body language, our timing of our interactions. You know, it's it's uh, it's sort of overcoming. If I'm going to work on my social intelligence, especially as an introvert, it's sort of overcoming that social awkwardness that we sometimes feel in those social settings, and I and I even to this day I still feel that at times. Um, but I'm constantly trying to work on my my people skills and the way that I, the way that I interact with people and the way that I respond to uh, different circumstances in my life. Does that make us? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think you hit the nail right on the head with that, and I, I I'm very. Uh, grateful that you've decided to to help us today. I think you've provided so much value. And if if people really tune in and they apply some of the principles and some of the things that you share, 
um, on this in this conversation. But not only that, they get to take the Christian leader blueprint for themselves and narrow it down, break it down with their teams. I, I think that's really, truly going to help a lot of people, a lot of ministry in the area that we serve is in the Spanish ministry, in the Spanish church. And some of the audience that I know for a fact are bilingual. So they can translate that themselves and apply that. And the earlier that they yeah. get it, the earlier they get it within within their generation, I think the better off they're going, going to be in the long term. Because some of the things that you share, I learned later on that I wish I had in my early 20s. And to be able to have access yeah. to you like this and have you on the podcast, it really truly means so much to me. And it is truly an honor. And I'm very grateful and appreciative of your time. Thank you for being gracious with all of the content that you've been sharing. And with that, where can people download and find the Christian Leader Blueprint and executive coaching? If that's something that someone's interested in, where can they connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, RyanFranklin.org is is the best place. They that's my website. They can go and uh, learn information, more information about the what I do, and then also download the Christian Leader Blueprint. It is a free short guide right now, um, but I, and I'm not sure, this may be the first time I've publicly announced this, but I've got a book that will be coming uh, in uh, probably, I think, two months, three months at the most. We haven't set an exact date. But it's it will also be called the Christian Leader Blueprint. the the download the free download on my website is the short guide. This will be an extended version of lots of phenomenal details of each one of these subjects. And then I know that I've never announced this publicly. By the summer, uh, I am launching a brand new community coaching. Um, it'll be much cheaper than one-to-one coaching. One-to-one coaching is quite expensive, and I've got a waiting list uh, that is, that uh, you know, so I'm not able to get to everyone there. But this community coaching will be things like courses and uh, workbook and cohorts working together through the Christian Leader Blueprint, also with, with routine community coaching uh, live Zoom calls from me. Uh, so it'll be a, it'll be a, a community network of of helping people work through these these things in their life, these important things in their in their life. And so uh, I would encourage if you'll download the blueprint at RyanFranklin.org, that will give me your email address, and and you'll be notified as the book comes out and as the community coaching comes out. Um, also on Instagram and Facebook, you can find me at RN Franklin. F-R-A-N-K-L-I-N-R-N Franklin. Uh, love for you to reach out to me if, if anybody has any questions or, or would like to um, uh, connect with me. I'm very responsive on, on social media. So, And you also have a phenomenal podcast as well. And we'll definitely put a link in the description where people can find that. And they can definitely benefit from the, from the podcast and some of the content that you share there. Thank you. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, Christian Leader Made Simple podcast. It's available on anywhere you would listen to podcasts and also on YouTube, Christian Leader Made Simple podcast. Yeah, that has become one of my staples. I love listening to it, and it's very short format. 
So it's very easy to digest. I know people are on a busy lifestyle, busy schedules, and to be able to fit in content that is effective, that is to the T and is just uh, one of my favorites. And it's a staple in my deck that I definitely tune into quite a bit. So thank you, Ryan, for your time. Thank you for being gracious. Thank you for helping us today because I feel like we've grown and I think people are in for a treat whenever they tune into this conversation. And it's a very exciting time also to be expecting your book and we will be expecting it. We will be purchasing it and maybe even buying an extra few copies to share with others and, and give them away and definitely spread the word and help others that way as well. And that's just something that we can, that we can do. We love giving back and we love supporting other ministries and uh, helping others grow as much as possible. Thank you so much, Ryan, for being with us on That's the Truth podcast. Jay, it's been such an honor. Thank you for being part of our conversation today. In the description below, you will find the links where you can connect with Pastor Ryan Franklin. If you enjoyed today's podcast, go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss out on anything. Also, if you would like to contribute in helping us reach others, I invite you to do so simply by leaving a good rating. You can feel free to leave a review or share it on social media, and that would mean so much to me. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you. In the description below, you will find the links where we can connect. You can let me know how this was helpful to you. You can also visit my blog page where you can find more helpful content like this at inspired2inspired.org. Inspired, the number two, inspired.org. For now, continue moving forward in the direction God is leading you. Continue taking steps closer and becoming who God has intended you to be so you can be impactful in every area of your life. God bless, and we'll see you on the next one.